T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Put him in the hall. Put him in the hall of fame. Parkinson Spiegel. Kill a wreck. Killed it in a foul. We're going to crank it up nonstop. And take the turnover with five seconds to go as Billy Donovan and Greg Popovich meet at midcourt. Offering... Great sportsmanship. Yep, they'll see each other in again a couple of weeks in Texas, and this ball game is over. Bulls win! Bulls win! Bulls win! 114-95. Let's dance. Uh, your, your last dance actually, by the way, was pretty good with Benny. You're gonna have to top that here tonight. But yeah. uh, another great effort by the Bulls. Nice to see that moment post game. Greg Popovich. Billy Donovan, that's how it sounded right here on 670. The score, Chuck and Bill on the call. Anthony Heron and Marshall Harris in for Danny Parkinson's Matt Spiegel on the Parkinson Spiegel Show on the score. Let's go out to the score hotline presented by Circle Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Talk to our guy Darnell Mayberry, Bulls writer from The Athletic. He is on Twitter at Darnell Mayberry. So my guess as I was – I'm not I'm not an effective lip reader – Darnell, appreciate you uh, joining us here. But my guess was that maybe Pop was uh, was telling Billy, "Hey, heard you were thinking about trading uh, Demar. We could use a veteran to to come in here and help school some of our young players." Well, what do you think about making a deal? You you think some wheeling and dealing was happening there? You know, I didn't see it. I was too busy watching LeBron and Zach Levine give off each other all that. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Reading those tea leaves over there instead, huh? Uh, a lot of love being shown after the game. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's fair. That is a fair observation. So then, what do you think for the we we were just discussing the 11 game stretch here without Zach, as as everyone has been, of course. And I don't know. Maybe maybe Darn um, maybe Darnell that Marshall and I are just kind of living in this hopeful space right now of having that skill set, that talent available to infuse additional impact into what the Bulls have been doing with Zach Levine off the court that maybe Bulls Brass would be excited to see what this can look like with Zach. But what, which direction do you think the meter is tipping more, that maybe Zach is added back into this or still more so the potential for a trade? I mean, I think Zach has a say in that as well. Um, you know, he it came out earlier, we reported at The Athletic, that he is open to being moved. And if that's the case still, and he does not want to be here, then – I think it's best for the Bulls to try to find a solution that works for both sides. But uh, beyond that, even if they can mend whatever rift that they have, or rift is a strong word, even if they can find common ground and, and, and figure this thing out, 
Zach has a lot to prove now to get back into the lineup and and not ruin the rhythm that this team has already has already generated without him. So I think a lot is on Zach Levine at this point to prove that he fits and and instead of them having to fit around him. Now and and help me with the I guess the timeline of some of that because I was talking through this a little bit earlier in the show as well. My impression is that Zach Levine said he's willing to be traded partly in response to the Bulls seeking to trade him. Is is that not kind of what the how, how the timeline of that played out? Yeah, that's that's sort of my read on the situation with Zach um from from my conversations with him from interviews he's done uh, in group sessions. He feels like the the team and he hasn't said anything publicly in terms of he wants out. I mean, he's made sure to to reiterate himself on that, but uh, I think he he feels like his name was in trade rumors, and why is it now uh, he's the bad guy if if he decides okay, well let's uh, find common ground. And so I think that stems is the is the the source of a lot of the frust- frustration for Zach Levine. Now, I, I do think that the reason I asked Darnell is because I think the context of that matters because I think as people view basketball, they've seen Kyrie Irving and James Harden and seen what guys like what a real malcontent can kind of look like when they're demanding themselves out of town and tearing a locker room apart and those types of things. And it feels to me like the frustration that Bulls fans have had with Zach Levine as a guy who who should have maybe taken this franchise over and taken the Bulls to new heights. And that hasn't played out. And I feel like maybe Zach has been cast in a, in a light where where the production and the evaluation of his production is one thing, but I do think the conversation about just kind of what he is as as a guy has has sort of you know had the frustrations about his lack of production filtering into that. So that's that's why I wanted to kind of clarify some of the the context on the the trade aspect of it. Yeah, and he's he's been around the team. He's been supportive of the team. Uh, he's been in post game locker rooms, home and and on the road. So uh, he's still sitting there. You can see him on, on video cheering the guy. So I don't think it's so much about that. The losing uh, for the last you know, better part of seven seasons now has really gotten to him. And the team just hasn't been successful and you keep doing the same thing. He's even said this, just feels like they're doing the same thing for the last two, three seasons now. And they are. <laughs> and unfortunately for him, cause it's a bad look now that, He's not in the lineup. They're winning and playing a style that everyone seems to appreciate. But but shouldn't he fit into that style? Like I, I'm trying to figure out how he got here because I know Billy. I know what he said about you know I can see Zach and that skill set fitting in here, Darnell. But like he was part of the problem, not all of the problem, obviously. But he was part of the problem why they were not playing this style at the start of the season because they talked about it. They talk a great game. They talked about it in Nashville. They talked about it when they got back from Nashville. They yeah. talked about it before they went to Nashville. <laughs> The the parts have not talk changed. Talk about in the players only meetings. Yes, they talk about it everywhere. Look, 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 so so I'm trying to I'm trying to understand, like from a standpoint of Zach putting up career low numbers, how much was the foot a part of this versus their them just not being able to get on a same page from a cohesion standpoint when you have the same core players back from a year ago? Yeah, my understanding is that there was also some frustration with just the the new offense um, trying to incorporate uh, a, what is it? Free flowing, um, um, you know, one for all, all for one type offense where everyone gets involved and uh, everyone's a threat. Uh, I think there was some frustration 
from a lot of people uh, was on the Bulls roster uh, with with trying to incorporate some new schemes. Um, and then does it? I think to your question, Marshall, like does Zach fit coming back? It's just not that easy when you got a guy who's been a scorer his whole life, um, and you know that's his his elite skill is scoring. And then you want to move the ball and get all these passes and get everyone in, in the flow uh, that that doesn't mesh all the way with Zach Levine. Now he does do some things incredibly well that could fit transition scoring, uh, coming off screens, catch and shoot type things. But, you know, if he feels like he's the isolation player who deserves the ball in his hands, especially in crunch time, uh, then, then that's just given the success that we're seeing with the bulls. Now, that's just not what, I think the Bulls are going to want to do with Zach Levine. Okay, I'm with you on that. 3.9 assists per game over his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, 3.4 this year, 4.2. Like I'm looking at the numbers right here in front of me. I, I get that. So, so my question is, when he does come back, because if you're going to trade him anyway, I mean, I guess you've got to have a bill of proof that he, he is healthy. How, how, how do you see that playing out, him being reintegrated into this team? You know, I think he's going to have a lot to prove. And if he doesn't, it's going to look bad. I think worse than it does now that he's out of the lineup and the team is winning without him. If he comes back and they've been winning or at least continue to be competitive and and look to play a certain style of play that uh, can lead to winning results, and, and then that all just crashes and burns when he comes back, that's going to look horrible. So I think he... Uh, has a lot to prove in terms of how he can come in, not just offensively, but defensively as well, and Mm. keep up what the Bulls are doing right now because they are playing the best we've seen probably in three seasons. Yeah, since Lonzo Ball got hurt. Easily, since Lonzo Ball got hurt, they're playing the best. And so at at this stretch then where you're seeing Vooch as a floor general and and Kobe White as – you know, an offensive wizard at times, and DeMar seeming to be able to fit in and out of when it is time for him to try to take over versus times where he's just sort of a part of the flow of everything and, and a more aggressive version of Patrick Williams. So all these things are now enhancing. I haven't had the impression up to this point that that Arturis Karnaschovas is at any point looking to rebuild here since they did run it back yet again. So what does this stretch of this last 11 games, then what, what position does it put them in, Darnell, that you know, if Zach Levine isn't going to become a, a legitimate part of this again, then are, are they just moving forward with kind of pursuing whatever the ceiling of this current crop of bulls is? Or is there still the potential to just try to tear this thing down to the studs like we were talking about through those first you know dozen games of the season? I think right, right now the bulls are getting a great look at some of their young guys, Ayo Dasumi, Patrick Williams, Kobe White, Daylon Terry, Julian Phillips, even at times, uh, you know, those are the, the players who are getting extended minutes now without Zach Levine um, taking up what 32 to 35, 36 minutes a night. So, um, you know, this is great experience for them and it's great evaluation time for the front office to, to look at these guys and see what they really can do and, and how effective they can be with more responsibility. And I think what you're seeing is if this team can win with Kobe White uh, and Zach Levine not in the lineup, then I think the decision becomes a lot easier on what you do with Zach Levine if you have, you know, a, a player similar but not as uh, not as elite as Zach Levine is as a scorer, but, you know, similar as a shooter and, and that type of thing. You know, 
I don't see what the decision where the decision is difficult at that point. Yeah, I guess I'm just a guy who looks at how, how important depth is, and I see all these offenses that play so well with kind of more of a free-flowing style, the ISO. It's Levine, as you, as you stated, him being obviously the all-star, the ISO scorer, that's giving – I'm not worried about the system. I am the system, James Har- a la James Harden. And, and Harden has had <laughs> success with the Clippers now that he's oh, yeah, gotten settled famer, in. Yeah. So, like, I'm, I, I just, it's sad to me that this might not work. I, I feel like it mm. should work, but maybe that's just me being sad because I'm like, the Bulls have an opportunity to do something here. And and given what happened with the Bradley Bill trade to, uh, to Phoenix, what would the Bulls even be getting back for, for, for Zach Levine of value that can help them in the future? I mean, you know, we keep talking about Zach Levine like he's helped this team win, and that's mm. not been the case. And that's not a knock on Zach Levine. It's just the truth. I just heard a clip the other day that said, the truth can never be considered disrespectful. And we can't, <laughs> we can't keep sitting here talking like about Zach Levine, like he's helped this franchise. Like, Marshall, the, 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 the timeline of this, three seasons in, I don't know how much longer you want to give it. Like, no, you're right. We, we, we question the DeMar DeRose and Zach Levine fit from the very beginning. Yeah. I think enough time has passed where we can confidently say uh, and accurately say, it does not work. You take one of those guys off the floor, leave the other one, and then all of a sudden, like magic, it works. They're eight and three in the last uh, eleven games, and you know have a six point one net rating. I mean, it, it's it's incredible what's happened. And I think the only way the two explain it at this point is to look at the addition by subtraction. Man, I mean that's that's some. You know what? You're right. <laughs> you're not even being disrespectful. You just tell me how it is, and you know, hey Darnell, you know I follow it, so you know I, I know you're right. So I'm just like, yeah, yeah. But I, I just want to know what they can get back. Like, and you're with me on this. Like, what are you getting back for Zach Levine? Because that contract's so massive. It's like, how do you get? It? Yeah, is it going to be a salary dump basically? Then it, it might be, and that's something that Man. we probably have to wrap our minds around. Because again, the Bulls right now. And you can caveat it any way you want. Maybe some guys were missing, some players, whatever. But the the fact of the matter is the Bulls right now are better without Zach Levine. So if you can dump his money, if you can get off of that contract and get some, some pieces back that can help you, maybe you're not going to get a first-round pick or two first-round picks, multiple draft picks. But uh, maybe you're not going to get a young star player. Uh, but if you can get some competent players who come in and fit, um, and you can get off of that money, I think at this point it's a win. And let me just add this. That's a knock on Arturis Karnaschovas because Zach Levine's trade value was higher at one point than it is now, and if he does have to just dump his salary, then shame on Arturis Karnaschovas. Yeah. And I think, you know, at, at least for me, Darnell, I suppose part of the, I guess I'll use the term hesitation, it just the being comfortable sort of just doing a, a salary dump with Zach Levine is because I do feel like he's got – a fairly unique set of skills and, and when it comes he, to the game of basketball. And that he's going to go somewhere else and shine and, and help a team potentially right. win. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, he, he's never been a winning player. He's never been a part of any major winning at any point in his career. So the next time he wins at a high level will be the first time he yeah. wins at a high level in the NBA. But the skill set is so tantalizing, is so titillating, and now seeing the way that this squad is playing, it, it has my interest peaked for, for what – a guy who shoots like Zach Levine, a guy who can operate in the open court like Zach Levine, what he could potentially add to this current version of the Bulls. And that 
And part of what I was talking to Marshall about a bit earlier, Darnell, was this version of Kobe White, where Kobe White has has seized a level of control, and and Demar Derozan, to his credit, has deferred a level of control to Kobe White here, and Kobe has grabbed it and and excelled in this vein over the last eleven games. And I feel like with Kobe, if this less deferential version of Kobe, perhaps a less deferential version of Patrick Williams, I just I don't know. I don't know why it's, why it wouldn't be worth a shot for the Bulls to see all this that they've invested into Zach Levine if he can enhance what they've done here. Do you, I, I guess my my assessment of Kobe White is a part of my question here. Do you think with what Kobe White has done in seizing control of things can now aid Zach Levine in a way similar to what Lonzo Ball, where Zach Levine was in a more deferential role when Lonzo Ball was on the court? I highly doubt it. I okay. highly doubt it. Um, you know, Zach Levine takes up a lot of space on the court, in the locker room, you know, on the roster, um, you know, on the books. Like he's, uh, in he's, the usage rate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and th- these guys you're mentioning, Pat Williams, you know, Kobe White, Ayo DeSumo, these guys are showing us some stuff now, are only able to do that because they have the room uh, without Zach. And so, uh, again, that's not a knock on Zach, but uh, these these young players are are capable of doing more, and now they're having an opportunity to show it. And I think the last thing uh, you know about Zach and Kobe uh, coming back. I mean, the assumption or the premise is we haven't seen it. I mean, if you put him back in there, we've seen that it's the first fifteen games all over again. So mm-hmm. it's not like we haven't had time to evaluate what Zach Levine looks like on this roster. We've had plenty. Yeah, the the results I, are there. there yeah, there's yeah. no doubt. The results were awful. So I mean that that I suppose that probably should just tell the whole story. I just I don't understand why there wouldn't be some onus on Kobe yeah. White on Patrick Williams to be less deferential when the talents of Zach Levine are back out there. I, well, I, I say this. I, I think if Zach has been watching and cheering for, and like you said, in and out of practice in the locker room with these guys and seeing how successful they've been, at some point he's got to look in the mirror and say, I need to tailor my game to the ultimate goal here, which is winning. Or, That's or, all I'm saying. Or just for Kobe to keep dribbling the ball and stop watching Zach. Like, you know, this version of Kobe. I don't know why this version of Kobe can't exist with Zach on the court with him. I just that That's the part, just intellectually or logically, that's the part I don't yeah. understand. It's it's correct, Darnell. It's 100% correct. That's what the results are, like you said. It, we've seen it play out. I just don't logically understand why Kobe White can't still sustain the same ed- agency we're seeing on the court when Zach is back out there with him. I think you guys are trying to get me to call Zach Levine a ball hog. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not. That's not. Hey, Darnell, I want to be clear. That's not what I'm trying to do here. I'm just saying, if 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 Kobe isn't the one with the ball in his hands, it's because Zach has taken the ball out of his hands. That's that's all I'm saying. That's because because we have the evidence, as you said. A lot of times it's not just Zach. A lot of times it's Demar, and then it's a trickle down, a snowball effect. Yeah, know, and then Vooch definitely it, doesn't DeMar get enough touches. Then Vooch yeah. starts doing it. It's yeah. like, and then all, everything collapses. So it's just like taking one little piece out of that, and mm. it's a big piece, but taking a piece out of that has kind of made the puzzle clear for everyone. And it so has. now we can see it. I don't know why you all want to tinker it to go back to what it was. No, I don't want. No, no, no. I didn't. I, hold on. I want to be clear. I don't want to tinker it to go back to what it was. I'm saying maybe Zach Levine can make an adjustment, and maybe I'm foolhardy for saying that. But I think that's the only thing 
that would actually work is if mm. Zach Levine. I don't expect anybody who's on this team right now playing their tails off, competing night in, night out with the Joel Embiid's and Nikola Jokic for a quarter and a half or whatever. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think <laughs> Levine has to adjust. And if he doesn't want to, that's fine. Trade him, get your money dump, and we'll just see what they get back. I mean, read between the lines. Fellas. I am. So I am. Billy I mean, listen to how Billy Donovan's talking post-game when he's talking about how connected the guys connected. are. Connected. You know, like how much energy everyone's mm-hmm. playing with and it's contagious and all of these things. We weren't hearing that before. Sure won't. Yeah. Sure weren't. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm too hopeful. I'm <laughs> Look, too hopeful. I our guess our straws that's what have been is. grasped at. They have yeah, been. No, we, we don't have them. There's Darn- no way to say Donnell's wrong. The, Darnell's the up on the mountain looking down at us like some young The, the results are what they are. There's no doubt about that. I'm just like, man, <laughs> he's got such skill. I don't know. If he's got skill and he's not a terrible person, like Kyrie seems to be a terrible person. James yeah. Harden seems to be a locker room destroyer. I don't know. Like uh, I don't know. I guess I don't completely get that vibe with Zach. But at the same time, it's not working. There's no doubt about that. It hasn't worked with him out there. But we're going to continue to watch it closely, Darnell. And, you know, wherever he ends up, then hopefully they get something in return. But Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you, man. Outstanding stuff as always. I appreciate it. Happy holidays, fellas. All right. That is Darnell Mayberry of The Athletic. I mean, you know, it's hard to argue with, with the truth. Well, some people will still do it, but yeah. but it is difficult to to launch yeah. a a true counter argument. But, but I wasn't I wasn't like trying to counter his like the truth is the truth. I was just asking, hey, is there a chance he could make an adjustment after yeah. watching this? That's right. what the sauce saying. Like, that's really the only chance the Bulls have to make that work with him. And, and if they can't make it work with him, they're not getting much in return. That's the part that he's right. We all have to wrap our heads around mm. the Bradley Beal deal, sending him from the Wizards to the Suns was eye opening, mm. yeah. and the Wizards are awful. And they didn't get anything back of of substance, and you know they they they're winning. So I mean, I I get you know this could be a playoff team without Zach Levine. How much higher is the ceiling with Zach Levine? Like just just the skills. It's just I just really think he's just super skilled. And if he's super skilled and he works hard and he's not off a human being, then I'm just wondering like is is there a version of this that can be even better with him? But so far the answer has been no. And both Darnell Mayberry and then earlier in the week, Joe Cowley said, are, are, are you not watching? Yeah, I'm watching. Are your eyes lying to me? No, my, my eyes are not lying to me. I'm just, I'm still hopeful. I'm going to leave you with these the four words on this topic. I am the system. <laughs> that was James Harden. <laughs> James Harden is a malcontent. Zach Levine has not been James Harden up to not this point. Not a malcontent. Point. Okay. Oh, man. All right, so we, we, that, was, that was a fun Bulls conversation. I do want to talk some Christmas, though. Yeah, it is the holiday yeah. season. We promised some Christmas convo. We'll do one last thing a little bit later in the show as well. Anthony Heron and Marshall Harris. We got Alex Kuhn and Tyler Butabaugh on the ones and twos for this evening. We are in for Parkinson Spiegel on the Parkinson Spiegel Show on Chicago Sports Radio. Six. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Seventy to score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Mango. Afternoons on the score. Okay, so it was just full instrumental. All right, I was going to say. Cause it <laughs> Did you didn't, words? Yeah, I mean, it because it, it didn't sound exactly like the Donny Hathaway version. Like, okay, is it instrumental? Is it going to be someone else's version? Is like Luther Vandross singing this Christmas? It was yeah. instrumental. Okay. Big Luther, not, not skinny Luther. Yeah, yeah, Luther. yeah. We need Big Luther. Um, but no, that, that's fine. And by the way, uh, before Chicago it takes on Arizona this Sunday, tune in from 12 to 3 p.m. for the PNC Bank pregame show right here on 670 The Score, presented by your local Ford dealers and Fox Valley Coins. Join Mully, Olin Cruz, and Patrick Manley as they'll get you set for the game. PNC Bank, official bank of the Chicago Bears. Then immediately following the game, we'll have instant reaction from Mully, Olin, and Pat on the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore Dew. All of it can be heard on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. And make sure that uh, if you missed anything from my time here, Anthony Heron with my guy Marshall Harris, make sure you download the Odyssey app, hit the rewind feature, you can get every individual segment that we've covered and talking bears and talking bulls and interviewing our great guests throughout the evening. Or if you miss this live that we're about to do, you can tune back in later on on the Odyssey app. You'll be able to rewind this there as well. So this is like talking, I guess, somewhere in the, in the future, in the multiverse or something like that, just for anyone who's listening, but then they're going to be listening later on or something. Oh, some mental gymnastics. I, I love my time machine. That home, so I, that's why I let you handle okay. all that. All right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we can hold it down until then. But, want to talk a little bit of Christmas because we are – it is Friday before Christmas. I'm traveling on Christmas Eve because I have I have Bears duties on Sunday. Then I'm going to hit the road. I'm going to fly out east, out to my in-laws' house. My wife and I, we always do. We'll stay here for Thanksgiving. And when I was playing, like I was with the Lions for a while, so I'd usually have a game on Thanksgiving. So I'm accustomed to working during the holidays. We were talking in transition with Lawrence and Layla a bit earlier about the, the sports media industry and – just being a professional athlete, there's a lot of congruence in that, in the schedule, in the transient lifestyle, and in working on holidays, especially prominent holidays like Thanksgiving and Christmas. So I'm accustomed to not having Thanksgiving or Christmas off, which is why I'm going to be, for the second year in a row, because of the NFL calendar, I'm going to be traveling out east on Christmas Eve. I'm going to miss tucking my son in to bed on Christmas Eve night, but then I will be there, preferably I'll be there by the time he wakes up, Sunday morning, uh, and that'll be fine. Or by the time he wakes up Monday morning on Christmas Day. So that'll be fine. That'll be a grand old time. I, I do want to share a couple of stories, though, just of, of working on the holiday season. And part of it, yes, we enjoy it. We, we try to bring people joy and, and allow them to have their, their requisite escape that they enjoy having when they're taking in their, their sports discussions and all that sort of thing. But, but I'm fairly accustomed to it. Is it 
is it something for you with as often as you have to work on holidays? Does it does it rub you the wrong way? Have you just kind of gotten used to it over the years? I think I, I've gotten used to it. When I was younger, it was tough because I, I really would like I want to be with my family and okay. stuff. But my sister lives in Portland, Oregon. Huh. My brother right now is in Okinawa. Wow. So we just kind of got used to the fact that okay. we weren't all going to be in the same. We've been in the yeah. same place, my parents and my siblings, once in the last 10 years. Oh, okay. So I see them, uh-huh. but I don't see them all together. Yeah. And so I'm just kind of used to it. And I'm, I know there's people with young kids and whatnot. So Thanksgiving, I usually try to take off and mm. go see family. Mm. But Christmas, that's, that's a kid's holiday. <laughs> Let the kids have it. If you got kids, uh-huh. I'm, I'd be like that guy that like every year he works for someone who has to work. On okay. Christmas Day, yeah. I would do that if I wasn't working. So I don't really mind working Christmas. Now that would change if I had a family and kids. Uh-huh. For right. now, I'm good. If, when, if. Listen, I try to be hopeful <laughs> and say when. But okay, right, right. I also want to be truthful, okay, and pragmatic, and say uh, if. yeah. It's kind of like that Zach Levine conversation. Exa- we were having, right? Exactly. Okay. That's exactly yeah. what I was drawing from. I'm <laughs> glad, you, I'm glad you caught that. <laughs> get Darnell, Darnell would be proud of my answers. Right, there. right. Wow, Aunt, you're gonna be like the uh, the in law. At Christmas, kids. I heard the choice of words there. I heard the choice of words. I was just he, he understands different words mean different things. <laughs> if and when are very different. Yes, different things. Very much so. Very much so. There was a there was a Christmas day, my rookie year, and so the uh, the Greek Town Casino in Detroit, Michigan. I was with the Lions throughout most of my rookie season, and because of just the, the way the NFL calendar worked out. The, the NFL's off day during the week also fell on Christmas Day. And so my rookie season, I wasn't, I wasn't married yet, certainly didn't have a son at that point. But it was kind of the one-off day during the week, so I wasn't going to go, like, flying out somewhere else to go see family or friends or anything else. I was like, all right, here's the one-off day, so just do with it what you will. But since I didn't have family there with me in Detroit and didn't have anything else going on, I just decided, all right, I guess they got a bunch of casinos in Detroit. Had a little money in my pocket. All right. I guess I'll go to the casino okay. on a Christmas Get that day. money, big fella. Yeah, man. At least just go entertain myself for a little while. So I may make the trip downtown, go over to, to Greektown. I had never played roulette before. I'm more of a blackjack guy at the casino. You out here with money in your pocket playing new games? Yeah, yeah. I just <laughs> figured, man, let me have a little Christmas adventure. You know, let me, let me just try something different on this day. So – I went and uh, I sat down, and the casino was basically empty because most people have loved ones that they that they get to hang out with on Christmas Day. I, on this particular Christmas, did not. So went, sat down at the roulette table now, or at the roulette wheel. I didn't have any experience with this game, so the I guess they call them dealer, whoever's rolling the ball, spinning the deal through the wheel. I asked them, "How do you play this?" So they explained it to me. <coughs> the different ways that you bet, the the different amounts and denominations you get paid out in and so i'm like okay let, let me let me just give this a try so i put a bunch of money down on black 11 on first 12 and on black okay. i mean like a lot of money and i just i didn't know that most people just put like a dollar here, here or there or yeah. a quarter here or there and spread it out all over the table so i put fairly large sums of money on just those three things on black 11 on first 12, and on black. The fact that you remember specifically what you put it on, yeah. and that was not yesterday. Go ahead. It was not yesterday. It was 20 years ago. And the dealer's looking at me for a moment, waiting to see if I'm going to spread these chips about, just kind of, you know, kind of splash the pot all throughout the table. And then, you know, she 
follows up. Like, are you sure like this is, you know, normally people might move that around a little flag? bit. That wasn't a red flag for you? It should have been, but it wasn't. <laughs> she spins the wheel, lets that ball go, rolling around, lands on black 11. So I win a dramatic, dramatic amount, amount of money. money. Yeah. The first spin that I've ever played in roulette. I hope you walked away. In my entire life. What I did was I moved my chips off the table to count them. Because I was I was somewhat alarmed at the amount of chips she gave me back, and I didn't know the denominations of now these new chips that she was giving me. Right. So now someone else has sat out next to me at this point. Another spin goes by, and I've taken all these chips to the side, and I'm counting them up, and then black 11 hits again. Now, uh. unbeknownst to me, apparently in roulette parlance, when you hit a number, this dealer tells me, you should never move your chips after a number hits. Now that's a good luck number that you should like leave it there or something like that. That was news to me. But black 11 hits two times in a row. So now I'm like, all right, well, let me play again and just see how this thing goes. Now I'm going to go a completely different direction. So I play, I put a bunch of money on red 27. Put a bunch of money on red. Put a bunch of money on third 12. Do the same exact thing that I did with black 11 with pretty much the same amount of money. Put it all out there on the table, just on those three spots. Dealer's smiling at this point. She's like, are you serious? Like, is this really what you're going to do again? Like, I, I, sure, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I, I'll just try this again and see how it goes. But not all your money. I just want to make sure. Not all of it. Okay, not all okay. of it. I'm, I'm not putting it all back out there. No. Ba- basically the same amounts. Okay. Do it all on red 27 this time. Spins the ball. Red 27 hits. So, I mean, you know, a, a, a considerable amount of money has now hit Two out of the three spins that I've ever done in roulette in my entire life at that point. So now the dealer is just mouth agape, has never seen anything like this before, and, you know, calls over the different people are coming over to, like, start writing, you know, tax forms and all this kind of stuff. I'm just sitting there like, I, I'm thinking this is just how roulette goes. This is the most amazing game I've ever seen in my life. Why has no one introduced me to roulette before this you're about moment? To, you're about if to find it's out. this easy. You're about to find out. But – I went to the Greek Town Casino that one day, first time I'd ever played roulette, did that, walked out with a very large sum of money, played those three spins, picked up all the chips, wait, cast wait, you them left in, and just the left. Three spins? left after the three spins. And I only participated in two of them. But that was my Christmas day in 2001 <laughs> at the Greek Town Casino in Detroit. Was <laughs> I'll tell you the commercial break how much money I won, but it was, it was fairly well, ridiculous. Well, hold on, hold on. How were you able to walk away? That's some discipline right there. It was, I mean, I'm not a big gambler anyway, and it just went so, so shockingly well in three spins. You literally quit while you were ahead. I was in no so, one does I that. was in so much shock for how that went that I just, I didn't know what else to do. Who was more shocked, you or the dealer? Um, it's a good question. The dealer seemed more yeah, shocked. Yeah, I think, I think she was, and for good reason. Yeah. You just didn't, you were too naive to know what you had just done. Yeah. And she was like, she was like, nah, this does not happen. What's going on? Yeah. And I, I didn't grasp the the full the full. How, how long after how long did it take you to grasp? How long after? Later that night or when I when I called my at the time fiance who was who was elsewhere, I called her and, and told her how it went. She's not a big gambler either, so she didn't get it. But then when I called, I called like the fellas, I called my friends and was telling them about it who gamble a lot more than I do. And their reaction kind of let me know how rare that that experience was and and just within three spins to to hit the number twice and then just to walk away like that. So that was a work day for me. As an NFL as a professional athlete, that was my first Christmas 
uh, work day. I need to get in your line of work because you didn't even go to work, but you made money. Yeah, yeah, made made a lot of money on 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 my day off, uh, effectively on my day off on a holiday. That was time and a half. It's like the probably one way to Friday. look at How it. How you gonna get fired on your day off? How you gonna make yeah, a lot right. of money on your day off? Like, uh, have you had any, any entertaining? Uh, I don't have anything work? like that at all. Like what? <laughs> I man. So now, of course, every time I go, I got to play Black 11 and Red 27 over and over again. I was like, how do you remember these numbers? They've never treated me that well at, 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 at any, any point, point ever since Do you think you've then. lost the amount of money you gained that day over the course of time playing those two I numbers? Mean, honestly, between the two, Black 11, I've had a few other Black 11 moments. Red 27, not as much. But, uh, so but you're, I would up. Say, you're still up. Oh, from that first day, yeah. Yeah, like but that, that's going to carry you through life. It, yeah, with as infrequently as I'm at casinos at this point, yeah, I'm, I'm good for a while. Based off of that. All right, let me know next time you go. Cause I- <laughs> All right. Yeah. Especially now we got casinos in Chicago. Yeah, might as well. Might as well. Um, I, I don't know if we're going to do one last thing or not. I, I would like to hear if, if there's a, another Christmas story, a holiday work story that anybody else has before we get out of here. I think you just shamed us all. Ramirez coming up at 6 o'clock. Uh, it doesn't have to necessarily involve I'm money. Just, my Mine is just more like I'm at work, and this is what we're doing, and let me find the Chinese <laughs> restaurant to go get some food from. <laughs> Does that's, that be the Chinese yeah, restaurant? Yeah, that's, that's, that's it. They're open. That's, They're I, yeah, open. that's what I'm saying. That's why yeah. you, that's, you know yeah. what you're looking for. So, yeah, <laughs> that's wild. That's actually wild. It, it, was, it was quite a day. We'll have to bring this thing home, man. The Parkinson Spiegel Show on this go. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Long four hours. Afternoons on the score. So... When did you get the uh, tenement on wheels? Oh, that there, that, uh, that's an RV. <laughs> it's a good-looking vehicle, ain't it? Yeah, it's so nice parked in the driveway. Yeah, it sure does. So when I was on one year with Sean Sears, I think was producing when I was, I hosted a show a few years back on the station. It was might have been like Christmas Eve or Christmas Eve Eve or something like that. And I used this song. It was Justin Fields' rookie year. It was late in the Bears season. And I used that Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You. And I kind of I did a full segment combining different, like, Chicago athletes. And here's a song that kind of suits where they're at within the populace right now. And so oh. the All I Want for Christmas is You, I used that closing with Justin Fields, just where that was the end of his rookie season. And Bears fans were so hopeful about just what he could potentially become. A lot has changed since then. Anthony. A lot has changed, <laughs> yes, over the last couple of seasons uh, since that took what place. What is the song now, Anthony? Yeah, that's <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll do a different <laughs> different segment next time I'm on. Try to figure that out. And by the way, Remy Martin and 670 The Score want to give you a chance to play hoops on the United Center Court of Dreams. Look for the Remy display at your local retailer and scan the code to enter. Details at 670thescore.com slash contest. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. Uh, you heard a... I don't know, a moment. You heard a, a voice there. Uh, a voice you will hear again on television tonight on Fox 32 at uh, an aforementioned time that I'm uncertain about for Bears Unleashed. Uh, Gabe Ramirez, do, do you yes. know what time the show will come on tonight? 10 p.m., and it'll be a, a much more beautiful face to look at than if you were looking, watching somebody else at 10 o'clock at night. Uh, <laughs> I'm off today, so I'm going to let that sign you were talking so, about. Woo, you're talking thank about God him. I'll be the most best-looking guy on TV at 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! 
That is the voice of Gabe Ramirez, Marshall Harris, Anthony Heron here on the score, bringing things to a close. We've had a great Woo. time. Uh, and Tyler Butabaugh, Alex Cohen on the ones and twos for us throughout the show as well. I, I hope if you didn't yet, you would be getting some pizza also yeah. in, in the hallway there. Grab some Giordano's. Glad you okay. went with the thin crust. So Ooh. I didn't go with the thin crust. I was telling Marshall this. I didn't provide as much direction oh. to uh, Alex and Tyler as I probably should have because I would have gone deep dish. What's crazy is like the reason I said I didn't want any is because I thought it was going to be deep dish because I was like, that's too heavy. I'm it's about too to go much. eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah like you can't it, do that. No, no, no. I like understand. Close to mealtime. I, I was at Giordano's right now, and there was, you know, it's funny when you see the tourists go to Giordano's and see what they order, but the guy had a personal deep dish, which already is, I mean, if you were to think, maybe like six inches. Like something you'd see in the airport? Yeah, exactly. Very uh-huh. small. And when the girl came out to bring his pizza, she was like, here you go, a personal deep dish with, and she must have rattled off like 11 ingredients in this oh, little wow, thing. Okay. But it was like, how can you fit? That all was there. my point. I was like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> Like, what are you doing? I get it, because he, he, he's like, I'm only eating for me, and I don't yeah. want to have all this leftover pizza that I'm not going to take with me. So, yeah. And you could do that in the medium, because in the medium, you need the fillings to kind of fill the pie out, right? He, but he on a personal, you, it's too small. I mean, uh, I let those people fail. <laughs> <laughs> he's a tourist. You didn't know anything. You got to learn, Papa. You got to learn on your own. <laughs> got to learn the hard way. I, to I got to tell myself, you're going to learn a hard lesson. It's hard. You know, he's over there trying to walk the balance beam on the back of the yeah. sofa. Like, all right, boy, you're going to learn a hard lesson. <laughs> You'll learn a hard it's lesson. It's going to hurt when you fall, <laughs> right. just so you know. <laughs> wow. I was talking uh, the other night where my thing is, you know, my son is six now, so he's getting bigger and bigger to kind of pick up and hold for an extended period of time. And this Temptations version of Silent Night is like over six minutes long. Hmm. You so tried to hold him for the whole thing? I didn't hold him for the whole thing. I, I learned that lesson last year. But it was, a, it was a good, like, you know, two, two and a half minutes before they left town uh, yesterday morning, so Wednesday night before I put him to bed. And, uh, we, you know, we read The Night Before Christmas. Then I played Temptation Silent Night and just kind of, you know, held him up in the air. Probably one of the last years, if not the last year, I'm going to really be able to do that with the size that he's coming to at this point. You got any, uh, uh, any traditions with First of all, that's girls? very sad to hear as a father of kids. <laughs> that, that, like, they always say that, right? You never know the last time you're going to pick up your kid. Uh, oh, wow. Right. I didn't think about that. It's not high kids. But go ahead. <laughs> deep though, right? But now, right? Deep. It you makes want sense. me to say the story? It makes again? sense. <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. It was real out there. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm glad. The kids are fine. They're great. Take the little asses to bed. They're, they're small. <laughs> They'll be fine. They'll be all right. Well, Gabe will be here with you from six to nine this evening. Our thanks to Olin Krutz. Our thanks to Dan Weeder. Thanks to Darnell Mayberry. Thanks to Gabe Ramirez for coming in and taking some of this pizza off my head. I'm, the good thing is. Darnell Mayberry. Oh. Actually ended up, yeah, he, he kind of set us straight on some stuff with Zach. I don't know. I'm still holding out hope. Okay. I'm trying I to guard protect my heart okay. with Zach a little bit. But thanks to Tyler Butabaugh and Alex Kuhn, especially for the thin crust, because I'll be hungry enough to eat pizza maybe later. <laughs> I won't be full now at this point for the remainder of the evening. But I uh, got Bears coverage coming up this weekend also on the station. But thank you all for listening in. Appreciations and salutations. Happy holidays to everyone. And this is Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Yes, sir. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Kiss my ass. Kiss his ass. Kiss your ass. Happy Hanukkah. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your 
vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.